0: A couple of days ago on our program, you heard about a group of researchers in Spain who found that vaccinating people with both the AstraZeneca and Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines can actually provide a stronger immune response against the virus, even compared to the same two shots. Now, these are preliminary results, and we can't make any definitive conclusions on it yet. However, it is interesting and perhaps could have some wide-ranging ramifications uh, for the future, especially with this vaccine supply crunch. To give us some analysis, we're very pleased to be joined from Duke University, also the director of Duke's Civics Vaccine Center, Dr. Tony Moody, on the line. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Professor uh, Dr. Moody, thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, Could you talk about the uh, research that you've seen coming out of uh, Spain, the mixing of the vaccines, uh, initial uh, results coming out and and your opinions?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think this follows on a long history of vaccine research, basically showing that multiple different approaches can be used to get the same kind of response, and that in general, as long as the vaccines have the same target, it actually uh, doesn't matter if you mix vaccines and can be a good thing, as as the Spanish data would suggest.
0: So can you help us understand, again, um, we are uh, lay people, we, we have no scientific expertise, <laughs> Um, But but what we've been told Is that the mRNA vaccines The the Pfizer and Moderna types These are kind of new uh, Relatively untested um, types Of administering Mm -hmm. uh, vaccines Um, They teach the cells how to make the proteins uh, Trigger the immune response In the bodies AstraZeneca is um, more along the lines Of this uh, viral vector type So how could these two very Mm -hmm. different types Of vaccines actually mix together Or synergize into something effective
1: Sure so just to break it down, the mRNA vaccines work as, exactly as you said. You're essentially giving the body the code to make the protein that you then want to get an immune response to. The viral vector vaccines do something very similar. Instead of giving the code directly, they give you a virus, and the virus itself actually contains the code and teaches the cells to do the same thing. And then there are other vaccines that are being developed. Uh, for example, uh, Novavax is a company here in the. United States Mm -hmm. that has a vaccine that's based on protein. And that one, instead of giving the code to the body, we give the code to cells in the laboratory, have those cells make the protein and purify it and use that as a vaccine. But the important thing is every single one of them has the same target. It's all about making a response to that protein. It's just a question of where is it made. So if you want a a sort of simple analogy, I would think of it as if you wanted to take a trip. You could take the trip by walking, biking, taking a car, taking mm. a bus, a plane, a boat, whatever. As long as you get there, it really doesn't matter, and the combination of approaches may be easier to do depending on what's available at a given time.
0: Right, so there aren't necessarily any, like, contra-interact, like, any interactions that could somehow kind of be damaging to the human body just because it, one, one is using mRNA and one's using viral vector then, right, as long as they're targeting the same thing.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, uh, there's no reason to think that there would be any problem. Obviously, until you do this kind of thing in a lot of people, you don't know if there's the possibility of a rare side effect. But just based on how these vaccines work, there is no reason to think that there should be any problem here. And I'll add, this is actually the kind of thing that we would typically study in what's called a uh, post-marketing study Mm -hmm. where we would combine vaccines and and look at this. We just don't have that kind of time right now. So, So this kind of study that the Spanish did is sort of the first of those kinds of studies.
0: Here in Korea, uh, there has been a lot of uh, fear mongering among the media about because uh, among the uh, vaccines that have been approved and are in uh, adequate supply, uh, there there is the Pfizer and then there's the Astrazeneca. Largely, those two are the ones being mm-hmm. administered right now. Uh, a lot of kind of um, we can say sort of. Um, Painting the AstraZeneca as an inferior vaccine due to the various side effects, the the, the blood clotting Mm -hmm. issues that have been reported upon, and sort of kind of holding up the Pfizer vaccine as a sort of uh, more desirable alternative. We know the U.S. hasn't um, approved the uh, AstraZeneca vaccines for widespread distribution but um, there is apparently some reports saying that the a- the AZ vaccines could work quite well as booster shots. Um, overall, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on the AZ uh, rollout in the U.S. and and how it will be used, uh, whether it's booster shot or not?
1: Yeah, I-, I expect that the AZ vaccine will get approved uh, either under an emergency use authorization or a-, a full licensure at some point in in the next several months. Um, we could spend a long time talking about the complications that they had in in presenting their data to the FDA, Uh but I think inherently the data suggests that the vaccine is very effective. Mm. My personal feeling is that the best vaccine to get is the one that is available to you right away because that's going to be the one that's most protective, and all of the vaccines have a very good track record of preventing severe disease and hospitalization and death, which Mm. is exactly what we want. I agree that uh, having that available as a booster shot would be an outstanding addition because that is something that is going to be a complication, especially as we head into the next respiratory season. Uh, And if we've got decreased masking and everything else, I I think we are going to need a better supply for booster shots. There's, There's no question about that. I think that will end up occurring here in the U.S. and you know, I, I totally understand the uh, desire to have the quote-unquote best vaccine, uh, but there's a saying in medicine that I really adhere to, which is don't let perfect be the enemy of the
0: good. Right. Yeah, and it, it's an important point, especially for uh, anybody who still, I guess, is on the fence of whether they want to get the vaccine or yeah. not, and health permitting, uh, not only for your own health, but obviously uh, for the uh, wider societal goal of achieving that uh, elusive herd immunity Um Um, Absolutely. In in the U.S., um, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, noted that the booster shots um, could be necessary maybe within a year or so of getting the first Mm -hmm. primary shots. Um, uh, We're now creeping into the younger demographics, kids uh, slowly starting to uh, get approved to get their vaccinations as well. We're looking at timelines maybe around um, early 2022. Um, is, Is all of that sort of kind of along the lines of uh, where you think is is sort of the the um, appropriate way to go?
1: I think so. I think so, for several reasons. So, in terms of vaccinating children, I think that is absolutely critical. for for several reasons. One, we know that children, despite the fact that most of them do well, there are some that can have serious complications. But more importantly, children are more likely to be asymptomatically infected. And if we can get children to be vaccinated and make them less likely to infect their parents, their grandparents, their teachers, other people they come into contact with, that will have a huge benefit in cutting down transmission chains. In addition, you know, for the booster shot question, We don't yet know if the immunity that we're going to see with these vaccines is going to be longer lasting or shorter lasting and exactly what level of immunity is going to be needed as variants continue to develop. So I think planning now for a booster shot is absolutely critical. And you can think of booster shots really in two sort of extreme kinds of cases. One is like a tetanus vaccine booster, which That's not an antigen that changes. That's not Mm -hmm. something that changes over time. You really get that booster so you have a high Mm -hmm. enough level. With influenza, it changes. And so you need to have an updated vaccine to, to handle those variants. And we, we're not sure if coronavirus is going to need that kind of variation like you have with influenza or if it's just going to be a need for increased antibody levels. But I think
0: okay. the,
1: you know, these preliminary data in Spain, the ability to have more vaccines on the market, the ability to have people uh, with multiple options for yeah. things to get and making it convenient for people, that's exactly what we need to cut, cut down on this pandemic.
0: And finally, the issue of supply, I I believe we talked about this uh, the last time uh, you were with us, but uh, the U.S. fairly or unfairly uh, deemed by some parts of the world as maybe um, doing a bit of that there's this idea, OK, well, you don't have the, um, the Janssen vaccine approved, but you've got a bunch of supply there. They, the, the U.S. has agreed yeah. to do, donate um, uh, supply through the COVAX initiative. But uh, there is this concern again that, OK, well, once the uh, the booster shots uh, start uh, getting into yeah. gear, they're going to find out, oh, well, uh, we like the Janssen. We like we like the uh, AZ. And uh, again, yeah. there's going to be maybe this idea that uh, not enough is going to be shared throughout the world. Is that is that a, is that an unfair um, uh, concern?
1: I don't think it's unfair. I mean, there is a uh, there is a saying in politics that America will always do the right thing after it's tried every other option first. <laughs> so uh, I think we will eventually get there, and we will do the right thing. Um, I think that I, I think the other thing is that vaccine capacity, manufacturing capacity, is increasing around the world. Obviously, what's going on in India is a disaster. Right and uh, and you know it would be it would be really wonderful if we could ramp up vaccine production much more quickly but there there are issues around these novel vaccines and getting enough supplies and making sure they're manufactured correctly i think that what will happen is that the development of these vaccines and the manufacturing capacity will increase rapidly and it will be very similar to the way cell phones rolled out 30 years ago, where they were initially rare, and then all of a sudden, they were ubiquitous. And everyone had one. I think that's what we're going to see in the next year, is that manufacturing capacity is really going to take off, and that that we are going to be able to distribute many of them around the world. But it is a challenge. I Mm -hmm. mean, over 7 billion people on the planet, getting them all vaccinated, it's not a small task.
0: Yeah, and uh, hopefully it does uh, uh, go the way that uh, you are predicting. Dr. Moody, as always, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.